On the morning of March 11th, as the coronavirus began closing schools and teachers began considering what remote learning might look like, Trina Harlow pondered what she could do to support her art teacher peers as they contemplated how to teach a tactile subject over Zoom. She created the online art teachers K-12 group on Facebook, primarily as a service project of sorts, for art teachers, by art teachers. One month later, that group has 10,000 members and averages 80 posts a day from teachers in 25 countries, providing art projects and resources for students learning from home during the pandemic. Welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and the goal of each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. Today, we visit with Trina Harlow, veteran art teacher and coordinator of the art education program at Kansas State University. She earned a degree in art education from Boston University and a doctorate in curriculum and instruction at Kansas State University. Trina is a member of the National Art Education Association's Professional Learning Through Art Group and president-elect of the National Art Education Association Public Policy and Arts Administration Group. Trina is also a Fund for Teachers Fellow. In 2014, she explored mosaic making in Istanbul, learning ancient techniques that preserved 5,000-year-old artifacts to integrate art with social studies learning in a more advanced capacity and complete a student-made mosaic in a public space. Trina emailed us at Fund for Teachers to let us know about the Facebook group for art educators, and we immediately wanted to learn more. After a day of Zoom calls with individual art teachers and organizations which she leads, Trina took the time for my call. So you woke up on on March 11th and you decided to create this opportunity for art teachers by art teachers. On the morning of March 11th, I made a video and I posted that video on 20 different art teacher Facebook pages or groups and wrote a post and posted that video. And then I shared it in my, I guess, my professional circles. That's all I did. I just saw a need. I've taught all grade levels of art. I'm a leader in art education in our country. And I just thought, I've got the time and the resources. I can do this. I can help. And I just took a a big step and created that group in the Google folder. And there's no way I could have imagined what's happened. What is happening? What is, describe what this has become. We have people from probably more than 25 countries all over the world sharing resources they made for other teachers to use. And teachers can be very territorial. And sometimes they want to sell the things they make on this website called Teachers Pay Teachers. They don't want to give away what they make. So the first thing that's happening is teachers are making things. They're popping them in a post and they're saying, please use this. Use if you can. The next thing is we have post after post of teacher kind of crying out for help. You read it in their words. They don't even know where to start. And I'll go to make a comment and there will be 20, 30, 80, 90 comments already where teachers are jumping in to help them. So there's a lot of mentoring going on. 
the other day we had someone write something about something difficult that had happened. And I thought, ooh, this is a big one. I'm going to have to respond to this. And I looked and there were like 90 responses to it. So it's just amazing. The other six administrators and I just had a Zoom. And that was one thing we, we just all can't get over how much teachers are helping each other that have joined in. We've started having some parents that want to join the group. And we have been um, kindly declining those because I think teachers need a safe space sometimes to share what's going on. That Mm -hmm. first day, you responded to 800 people wanting to be involved. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the driver behind that. You've been an art teacher for 20 years, I believe, or more, and you've taught from a cart, you've taught from a driveway, you've taught in different countries. What is it about this that is rallying people? Someone else asked me that today, and I think that people are scared, and I think they needed help. I had a Zoom today with a teacher in Los Angeles who I will probably never meet in my entire life, And she has been told nothing by her middle school in Los Angeles. She's trying to figure out what to do all by herself. Some teachers have principals and districts that are giving them really detailed instructions, but most are being told to figure it out because it's happening so fast. Teaching isn't easy. It's physically draining. It's mentally draining. And it's a lot of work. But most teachers I know are really passionate about their profession. Most teachers I know love what they do. And I think that they knew they had to make this change. And I can't get over the thank yous and how much people are sharing. We've saved their life or, you know, they're just grateful and thankful. How could you mobilize that many teachers that quickly? I don't know. It it was just organic. It's the most organic thing I've ever been a part of. And, you know, I think that morning of March 11th, I heard a, I just heard this voice, do this, do this, do this. But then I heard this other voice saying, I'm a little embarrassed to do this. You know, this, this seems a little out there. And I thought, no, these teachers need help. They need help. You know, and if I can't take 26 years of being an art teacher and help teachers right now that are in the trenches, if I can't take that 26 years of experience and help them, who could? And students don't need teachers falling apart right now because they're having to make new plans to teach students at home. Students need to get confidence from their teachers. So that's what I'm excited about, about this group. It's happening. It's happening. How do teachers access the sites? Are all teachers or just art teachers or... We haven't limited the group membership to just art teachers. We're looking to see if the people that want to join the Facebook group are teachers somewhere. But we basically, there's two places they can access the information, the resources, and the mentoring and seek advice. That's on the um, Online Art Teachers K-12 Facebook group. And it's a private group. Only group members can see what's posted and shared there. And then we also created the Google folder that has a lot of subfolders in it. And initially, we thought that might be the biggest resource. 
but there's something really cool about Facebook groups. They have a tab on the left side, on the panel on the left side, where you can upload files. You can't do that on a public, like on my personal Facebook page, I can't do that. But in Facebook groups, you can upload a PDF. And so it shares it as a resource. So teachers can click on it and download a PDF right from the Facebook group. So the Facebook group has kind of taken over most of the, the emphasis. But if they just join Online Art Teachers K-12, we are really making sure it's easy to see what we have available for them. You say that in the end of this, you hope you work yourself out of a job. It, it seemed like that on the Facebook group, it said, yeah. finally, I hope that COVID-19 exits as fast as it appeared and that you and your students, schools, families, and communities are all safe and healthy and that very soon we won't need this mm -hmm. group for the purpose in which it was established. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have created this safe place and this community for art teachers to collaborate. What do you see it becoming? We've kind of divided what we think will happen into thirds. We think the first third is probably this nervous sharing of getting our curriculum ready to somehow getting instruction ready for students at home and we're sharing resources and some are asking for ideas. Some are saying, help, I have to be out of my classroom in three hours. I can't even think of what to take home with me. And then boom, everybody gives them a list. We think the next third is going to be more difficult. We, we think we're, we're probably going to start seeing posts of people that are just having to share some difficult things that have started happening. And then we're hoping that once we get through this, that last third of the lifespan of this group, we're hoping will be that we'll all share testimonials from what happened with our students and with us and artwork that students did. and. We're thinking about having an art show that we're going to call the Coveys or something like that, just because people need hope too. You know that, Carrie, people need hope. They need to have something to look forward to. And uh, I think it'll be really kind of interesting if, if teachers do some of these assignments the way we've been kind of coaching and mentoring them to do, I think that they might help entire families. So we'll see what happens. I will tell you this. I have asked art teachers to make journals, art journals, for this time period, and I've asked them to document history in their journals, what's happening in their own world, what's happening in their own home, at their own school, in their own state, and put their emotions and feelings in it things happening with their students, but to also sort of document the history through this. And I reached out to the Smithsonian Institution because I imagine someday there's going to be an exhibit in the American History Museum there. And uh, I sent them an email and asked if they might be interested in these journals. And I got a, a, just a standard form email back. But then I got another email from someone. But I think there's a possibility that if not at the Smithsonian, that there are a lot of art museums like Crystal Bridges in Arkansas, or that we might do a traveling exhibit of the art teacher's journals from this group. Because I think we all know that we're, all of us, you, Carrie, and me, we're all experiencing something that's going to be in history book. We're learning from Trina Harlow president-elect of the National Art Education Association Public Policy and Arts Administration Group. 
and coordinator of the art education program at Kansas State University. Trina has been talking about the Facebook group she started for art educators, a group that now numbers more than 10,000 teachers from 25 countries. I've been enjoying asking fellows, how did you decide to pursue your particular fellowship? When I first heard about Fun for Teachers, y'all were fairly new, I think, and um, I just thought, yes, this is perfect, letting teachers write their own professional development plan, and, um, and I went to Istanbul. What was on my mind at that time was there were a lot of stereotypes between non-Muslim and Muslims in America. And that was in 2014. And there just a lot had happened on the world stage. And we were seeing these kinds of just stereotypes and things people think without really knowing. And I thought, I've never been to anywhere in the Middle East or a, a country that's predominantly Muslim. And so I wanted to go immerse myself in a culture much different than my own. I wanted to broaden my, my world lens, and I wanted to experience a culture much different than the one I lived in and grew up in. I think the more we are exposed to different ways of doing things, the more we become more prepared to be citizens of a globalized world. And as teachers, we need to do that too. And so that's why I, I did that. So you picked the destination really that you wanted to experience and then crafted a fellowship within that region or that area. Well, yes. And I already knew that Istanbul was known for these beautiful mosaics. I already knew that. So I thought, I'd love to go study these ancient mosaics. They, they, they're uncovering more all the time. It was just in the news a couple years ago. They've uncovered more. But I ran across someone that led mosaic workshops in Istanbul. And so it just all worked out that I went and took that workshop and learned a lot about an ancient culture. And mosaics are still a big part of art making. But it was really interesting to learn the history of it. You know, I think that's one thing great about fun for teachers is, you know, as art teachers, we often sit in professional development in our districts that has nothing to do with what we teach. Nothing, literally. One of the things you said in your post-fellowship reporting is that you firmly believe in the power of art education in the lives of our students. Mm -hmm. And so in this era, in this pandemic era, how do you see uh, the power of art serving and improving and meeting the needs of our students? I could probably talk for about five hours about this topic, but, but let me sum it up by saying this. In therapy, art is the number one tool that's often used or generally used at some point, especially with children and adolescents. We turn to art over and over and over again. And as art teachers, we don't receive training in art therapy because that's a licensed professional field. But the first week we're on the job as art teachers, children release their feelings and thoughts in our classrooms and the art they make. And I mean, they might be making a Georgia O'Keeffe flower but somehow something that's going on in their life comes out in that flower. And I feel like that 
as art teachers, I think through this whole science fiction kind of life we're living right now, when we start seeing the art that our students make, I think we're going to be, students' artwork is going to tell the story for us. There's so much data and so much research that shows that when students, uh, children, adolescents release these feelings they have, these emotions in their art, it is freeing. It's freeing for them, you know, for, for their brain and the part of their brain that deals with emotions. So art is powerful in many ways, and that's a long list of things. But in this time, in this place, I think art is in a unique role to also maybe be an escape for children and adolescents. Dr. Elliot Eisner wrote the 10 Lessons the Arts Teach, famous art educator, professor from Stanford University, is really kind of considered the father of art education. And one of those 10 points is that art gives children the opportunity to say what cannot be said. So they might not have the words for it, but they can draw it. We are often the content area in a school that gets marginalized. We are often the content area that loses budgets, loses classrooms. They take away our positions. But the arts are very healing. I heard Dr. Fauci, you know, who's leading part of this, say that the brain uses the same pathways for hope as it uses for fear. And I thought, wow, I didn't know that. So let's turn that fear into hope. And I think we can do that through art. Well, you're being the the linchpin to make that happen. I really admire you using your skills and your experiences and stepping up and saying, if not me, then who? And I'm grateful that you take the time after all the Zooming that you've been doing, but we really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate Fun for Teachers. And over the years, I have recommended it to so many of my students at the university and fellow teachers. It's an amazing organization. And when we can let teachers go on an intensive study that directly relates to what they teach, it's incredible what happens. So thank you. Thank you. We look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. But you can learn from approximately 9,000 Fund for Teachers fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you to veteran art teacher and Fund for Teachers fellow Trina Harlow for joining us today teachers are encouraged to join the Facebook group she started called Online Art Teachers K-12 for downloadable projects, ideas, and encouragement. I'm Carrie Caton. Thank you for joining us at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.